Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Eric. And I'm Tag. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. This week, we want to welcome Dan to the show. Dan is a person who is on almost as many podcasts as Eric, if you count Dan Hates the Beatles, which we don't. Dan's here to represent the hit new podcast, Bowie Splaining, and also his old podcast, Dan Hates the Beatles. Dan, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here to celebrate, to continue celebrating the 35th year of this podcast. <laughs> also joining us this week is a Disney World fan, has gone since he was a kid, has gone so many times he just calls it Disney, oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> And he knows all the cool kids do that. Anyway, also the host of the Bantha Milk podcast, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I know how much you guys love when people call it just Disney. That's why I said that. I don't yeah, actually... it's it's definitely like a it's it's kind of like a Middle America thing. That just it's just Disney. I'm like, well, which one? Land, world. I did have my coworker say, "You do a podcast on Disney World, right?" And I gave her the glare, and she's like, "No, no, land." And I'm like, "You're killing me. You're killing me." <laughs> Disney California is what we call it. <sighs> it. It is like it's like pop. Yeah, and pop. So, yeah, soda pop. Yep. Yeah. I also think it's a uh, it's an East Coast thing because I feel everybody in this area only goes to Disney World. Mm, so to, to sure. us, it's just Disney. I don't know why. That's but, fair. Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, so, but Dan, you I, also I, left out. Because you talked about pop and soda, you also left out in the South. Everything's Coke. Doesn't matter what it is, it's Coke. Yes, yes. Well, thank you all for joining us. Let's start off with our first question from Eric. What do you got for us this week, Eric? I'd like to know how often each of you interact with Disney things. So that's shows, movies, parks, whatever. Dan, how about you start us off? Uh, well, I'm about to go to Disney California this weekend. <laughs> For my <laughs> monthly trip, I usually go for about eh, somewhere between two and one and a half, two, three days a month-ish, or I did before I started working as a student teacher and recognizing that I can't do that anymore. Uh, movies, I don't care. I, 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 I always clarify for people that I'm a Disney Parks fan. I do not care about the movies. I, I mean... If you sit me down to watch one and it takes a little effort on my part, then I, I'll pr probably enjoy it, but I don't seek it out. I watch YouTube vloggers religiously who go to Disney parks. Some of them I hate watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about it. Yeah. I'm supposed to pretend that I, uh, oh, hey, hey, Tag, let's see what you had to say. <laughs> So I have to ask, <laughs> yes, and you don't have to say if you don't want to like be put on the spot. It. But which vloggers do you watch that you that you hate watch? I don't want to say the name, but I it, it rhymes with Palm Forless. Oh sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> also, Best Life and Beyond, I think, are ridiculous people, and I can't get enough of them. Yeah, that's that's really. Gotcha. There was a couple, I forget their name, but there was a couple who I think stopped or they, they did a series of videos that you could tell that they really wanted this to be a thing. And it always, it just often turned into, the, you kind of could see their marriage dissolve throughout oh. the course of the video. And oh. usually, <laughs> usually by the end, he was like visibly drunk and she was visibly annoyed. 
And I I forget what the channel was called, but I'm very sad they're no longer making videos because those wow. they those are were they were painful. a delight. <laughs> Did you watch yeah. them too, Eric? Dan showed me a few. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Years up does a our our patrons do a, a well it was a monthly thing called Walkabout where we just watch videos. And some of them are videos where we think, oh, this is going to be this is going to be funny. We're like, that was charming. I really like that. And some of them are things that when Dan gets involved, he finds the true gems. Sure, sure. (laughs) Well, for my answer, I would say almost daily. Obviously, being part of a Disney podcast, I have to be aware of what's going on. I'm always in our Discord, which news pumps into, of course, our, our supporters and stuff are in there. So especially if it's a chatty week with the, there's a bunch of like interesting things. But I will say um, in general, like with the shows and the movies and stuff, probably like once a week, because usually, you know, if it's the new Star Wars show is out or the new Marvel show, although I haven't watched the last couple Marvel shows. But you know, if it's that kind of thing, I'll do it. I was I just finished Percy Jackson, which now I haven't been in the Disney Plus app for a week and a half or so. And then Disneyland itself, you know, actually going is every few months because I live in the Midwest, so it's not as easy. And of course, the Disney community pretty much daily or almost daily uh, talking with supporters, talking with some of our community managers, etc. Talking with the guests on our podcast, that kind of thing. So pretty, pretty regularly. But Dan, I'm with you. I'm also more of a parks first person. I would say the parks are the most important thing Disney has and then movies second and then everything else is just stupid. I don't know why they have it. Anyway, Rob, what do you think? I think I wrote down too much, but not enough because I do. I love the movies and TV shows and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Hence my podcast, Phantom Elk podcast. I, I even have been rewatching and or I just finished rewatching Bad Batch because the next season is coming out in a couple couple of days. Whenever this this will air at the end of February. So I I love Star Wars. My son loves Marvel. So we've gone and seen every Marvel movie the first Thursday that it comes out together. And the recent overall Disney movies I haven't really, unfortunately, gotten too much into. I loved Pixar when everything was like really tied together. You know, when you could see background things of other movies and stuff. But now... I feel like they've gotten so many movies now that they've had to veer away from the Pixar universe all being inter- interconnected or whatever. So I do like the movies a lot. I am not as fortunate as you guys are. I, a, I don't live close enough to Disney California to go once a month or can afford from the New Jersey area to go to the other Disney park, the one down there in uh, in Florida. Uh, but we do go... We do try to go pretty regularly once every other year or something like that. I think we have gone three years in a row, at least for one or two days. We went on a cruise a couple years ago and we went to just Hollywood Studios because we wanted to see that Star Wars land Batu uh, Galaxy's Edge, which was amazing. So I would say a lot, probably not as much as the other three of you guys here, which is why I could probably do even more. But I do enjoy it a whole lot and I do love the movies as well as the parks i don't know what else i mean clothes not what not i don't care about that or the disney store or whatever but yeah movies parks a lot of fun go to uh, i would go to them more often if i could so i'm just rambling eric your turn <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm i'm also in the almost daily 
area. Obviously, I listen to and create podcasts, and three of them are about Disney. So I'm usually researching something. There's always some project that I've got to be thinking about and keeping track of. And I have extensive lists of like, this, this is what you have to work on on this day. For instance, today, I went back to make sure that I had answered questions in here and I had missed one. <laughs> And then I started working on, this is all this evening after work, but I started working on the Palm Breeze, Palm Breeze Bar. It's Palm Breeze, right? Over at the new Disneyland Hotel. I'm not, I'm not rich okay. enough to, to know. So. <laughs> okay. I ate there <laughs> and I stayed at that hotel. <laughs> so I've got a segment tomorrow and ears up about that. So got to get that ready. Just a quick segment. So that'll be easy. So I'm always doing stuff like that. I'm also Constantly watching movies and shows. My wife and I watch a lot of stuff. I really like watching movies in particular on weekends. We'll probably fire through like two on a Saturday. Quite often, one of them will be a Disney movie of some sort. And uh, the last, I'm also listening to podcasts constantly because I'm driving so far to and from work. So I try to catch up with my my favorite Disney ones, some of which are favorites because they have information I've never thought of. Some of it's news stuff like Dale Weekly. Some of it's just fun stuff like Podcast the Ride. Some of it is trying to listen to, you know, popular, more more popular podcasts than mine and say, okay, what what are we what are they doing? So it's a lot of different reasons why I listen to a, a ton of Disney stuff as well. And uh, the last time we took time off from the shows, I didn't know what to do for a few days. So I fired <laughs> through a book on Dick Nunes and wrote a show on it that we did last week, which was great. Yeah, maybe maybe a little too much time. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I played Zelda for a while, too. <laughs> Finally beat that. Yeah. I don't know. I read a I read a book about a tiki bar too that had nothing to do with Disney, but may <laughs> have been written by a Disney podcaster. Though, I think right. That's <laughs> well, kind of Disney adjacent. Tiki you can't, well, yeah, that's kind of how I got interested in tiki bars. I suppose. Yeah. 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 yeah fine. Whatever. <laughs> uh, questions over. Dan, question question us. Okay, I will question all of you. What is a huge opportunity for Disney, which you often wonder? why they aren't actively pursuing and Ted, go ahead and start. Well, I will always uh, being somebody who lives in the Midwest say that they need to build another resort somewhere in America, preferably in the middle of the country, preferably in the Northern part of the middle of the country by, I don't know, Wisconsin perhaps, or Minnesota, <laughs> which is where I'm generally located. There's enough things in the Southern part. It's pretty easy for Texans and stuff to get over to Disneyland or uh, over to Disney World, where Midwest is a little bit harder. One of the things that Disney keeps talking about is, you know, the reason that they keep raising the prices and they have reservations and all this is because the supply, there's there's not enough supply for the demand. So what's a way you could do that? Build another resort somewhere. So they should do this. I know that it's a huge capital expenditure, but I feel like their competitors such as Universal aren't having problems doing this. And I think Universal is like, Hey, Disney's uh, falling asleep at the wheel there. Let's uh, let's take control, and that's exactly what they're doing, and they're doing very good at it. And they're spending money and doing things that, honestly, I think Harry Potter building Harry Potter gave them the means to do the stuff that they're doing now, and they're doing really Disney level stuff. There was a period of time they were doing a lot of projections and stuff like that. Anyway, 
that's not related to the question, but they really should build another resort somewhere in the United States to ease that demand that they're seeing at World and Land and try to get try to relieve some of that pressure, if you will. And of course, you know, there's resorts, there's other places around the world that could build resorts too. I'm not really sure. I don't know enough about the uh, attendance and stuff at those parks to know if it's something that they need to expand upon or not, but definitely in America. Rob, how about you? I I agree with you. And listening to your other show, you always talk about how you want a third park somewhere else. And I didn't even think of that right away, but I thought on the same lines as you, when Walt was going with all of his shell companies and buying up all the swampland in the middle of Florida, he bought equivalent to the island of Manhattan in the middle of Florida of land, and they don't use nearly, I don't even know what percentage it is. I know it's very small compared to what they have. They are using very little of it. So. My idea was very similar to yours. Every time I go to Disney World, not just Disney, go to Disney World, I learn to make everybody happy. <laughs> it's always packed. And it, just like you said, supply and demand, you know, give me another park. Give me something else to do. And I never realized it until listening to all of your guys' shows and you guys talk about how at Disneyland, there's more rides in each park than there is at Disney World, even though there's four parks in Disney World, the amount of rides in each one is very, very minimal. So if you're going to do that, then give me another park. Give me no, even right there. If I'm already there, just give me another park there. The The bus system that they use is, is amazing. I love staying in that Disney bubble. I know one of us on here doesn't, but I do love staying in that Disney bubble. When, the one time... I'm the opposite from the rest of you, but the one time we went to Disneyland, we did not stay at either of the Disney hotels there. We stayed at a hotel real close to, to the park and were able to walk there every single day. So we didn't need to stay in the Disney bubble there. I agree with with Tag on that one. But in Florida, I, I feel it's very convenient to stay inside the bubble. Transportation it's is necessary. Still on. It's necessary, yeah. Like transportation yeah, is so much easier. You can get back to your hotel. You can leave your hotel anytime you want to. Three years ago when we went, we stayed off campus, and they had a shuttle, but the shuttle time was we wanted to get there for rope drop, and the shuttle wasn't leaving till 20 minutes after rope drop. So we had an Uber there, and it was just not as convenient and not as, as user-friendly as it is when you stay in the park. And when you have that much land, build something else. Make Give us something else there. So I agree with you. Even Midwest would be fun, but I'm just used to flying to Florida. So give me something else down there. Eric, what do you think? <laughs> well, this is fairly parks related. I'm saying, why aren't they actively pursuing Imagineering? I mean, the the parks division is built on the backs of these these people who did the impossible. And so many of the elder statesmen of the group, including Joe Rohde, uh, have, have left because of, I mean, partly because of a project that's been canned it moving most of the team over to Florida. And that's, that's gone away. And I feel really bad for the first few of them that went, no, I'm a company man. I'll do it. Let's all move to Florida. <laughs> and they, now they got to move back, <laughs> back to Glendale. But yeah, it, these, these people are experienced. The, the experienced people figured out how to do all of this. And these are the people that, 
can build the next generation to say, what crazy thing haven't we thought of doing? What ride system do we need to be looking at next? What technology is out there that we haven't touched? People, I think people are are starting to lose their interest in the nostalgia of the parks. And they're looking around and they're saying, Universal just built a whole new park. And now they're building two other mini parks in the in the desert. Like maybe, maybe we'll give them a shot for a while. Like Universal did fire some shots by by actively saying on this epic universe video that just came out you could stay here for a week now (laughs) and i think it was somebody in i can't remember if it was somebody in it was in one of the discord channels so either ears up or or like the concierge page where somebody said oh no now disney's the one that's going to be a day added on (laughs) instead of universal yeah and they're right so i think i think the tastes are changing and invest in your own people build a build a team that's going to last through the ages and will spur the next generation of podcasters to learn a whole bunch of random people's names <laughs> the things we all love about podcasts saying names of people <laughs> dan what people's names do you want to say let's see grover cleveland <laughs> almost won the contest nancy reagan <laughs> And Pillsbury Doughboy. Okay, Rob, you brought when you talked about them buying all that 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 land, the swamp land. I was reminded of something that I wasn't. I, I had forgotten that I was like minorly obsessed with, which is we know there's a picture of Walt in a fan boat. There has to be a picture of Walt <laughs> in a fan boat. I need to see this picture of Walt in a fan boat. Yeah. But to answer my own question, I I, I was, and I I'm weirdly kind of obsessed with this too family horror films it's something that they did during the the rob miller years the weird years there's a whole bunch of stuff in that time period that if they revisit it i think it would it would take now like or you got watcher in the woods mr boogity basically like they were they were kind of tapping into this thing that they could totally benefit from now because horror is big it's very profitable. You can make it totally on cheap. I mean, who does that better than Disney making money and making things on the cheap. And the reason why I think this became kind of an obsession with me was that I was walking through California, Disney, California, otherwise known as California adventure, right. as They were <laughs> poking everyone with sticks to get them out for Oogie Boogie bash. But we were still allowed to see some of the stuff and I was looking around and it's, it's all nightmare before Christmas crap, which, okay, fine. But then they started playing the theme song to Beetlejuice. And I was like, Oh, it's all just Tim Burton. That's all they have. And I thought through it more and it's like, they don't have (laughs) any scary stuff that they, at least that they acknowledge. And I think there's definitely a market for it. And in some ways it could even open up a possibility for them to get into anime, which is a huge market that they couldn't get into now because it'd be like, why? (laughs) But if you start smoothing those edges between, you know, the, the saccharine image of Disney and, and by doing so you can introduce something like the the Dr. Strange, scary movie done by that crazy guy. So I can't think of of it right now. Rob, Rob Reiner. The, yeah, the Rob Reiner uh, Doctor Strange movie where he, he has like zombie arms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that there's 
there's totally a market for this. And if you allow some of that more of that weird stuff in, you could totally tap into that anime money in, in a couple years afterwards. Yeah. Uh, that would be interesting. I never thought about Disney doing horror films. I did want to say one thing, Rob, about the land that they bought up in Florida that when I learned this boggled my mind and I'm like, what the hell were you doing? So they bought all this land, right? They went under, they, they spent all this time and energy covering all this up to buy everything they possibly could. And do you know that Disney has actually sold a bunch of that land to other people? <laughs> I can see that because of like the hotel. We didn't stay in the part of that Disney owns the land that is Reedy Creek. We didn't stay there. We stayed there once, but the other time we stayed there was this. Oh, Bonnet Creek. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other creek. The other creek. But we stayed in this very close to the parks, but there was like a lot of hotels and everything and all this like. Oh, by Disney Spring. Hull uh, Street. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. And I was like, this, I feel like for the amount of land that they bought up, this is right in the middle of it. And this is definitely not Disney. So I didn't know that they did that, but now that you mention that and say that, it does make sense. It does point it in that direction that I can see that I they just, have. I just don't know why, like Disney, why would Disney ever sell that land? They'll never be able to get more land down there. Everybody's, well, no. I don't know. It just seems yeah. very stupid. I mean, especially after what he figured out when, when they moved to Anaheim and then now you, you know, you can't get anything there because everything is built up right next to it. Yeah. So you have all this land. Why give it away or sell it back to somebody else at this point when you have all this land? Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me either. Yeah. A a local philosopher in Florida has suggested that perhaps they could build a prison on that land. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> at an airport, right? Is that the other thing yes. right there? <laughs> well, that was in the original plans. Yeah. Eric, <laughs> to, to comment on yours real fast, you were saying about how everybody had to move from California to Florida. We interviewed a guy, uh, Yaron, Yaron Spiewak. He was a music composer for Disney Parks, and he composed a lot of the a lot of the nighttime shows and all the stuff and a whole bunch of different things and put a whole bunch of music together. and And it was really interesting. I love talking to him; it was really cool. But he was one of those people that they said you're going to have to move to Florida, and he said I'm not moving to Florida, so he quit. And then you know, then Disney retracts their statement. So I actually sent him a text afterwards and i said oh now that you don't have to move to florida you know are you going to try and get your job back and he said right now he was doing a lot of freelance stuff so he's like no i'm doing okay for right now but who knows what happens in the future but it, it was just a shame that you know you have two choices move all the way across the country or find another job are you and, sure he didn't say are you aware that i'm a composer and i can do that like literally anywhere in anywhere. the world <laughs> and by the way there's a lot of recording studios here and this is ridiculous this is yeah how yeah. i didn't realize they were getting groups like that in there that's crazy yeah he was he was one of them so well, that is two questions down, which means we have reached our halfway point. If you like listening to the podcast and want to help support it, head on over to thehubcrawl.com slash support for as little as $5 a month. You can support the show to allow us to keep it going, keep the lights on for hosting and all of that good stuff. Yeah, so you get a bonus question onto each episode, and we actually asked this week's bonus question to our Discord patrons. The bonus question for this week is actually, I think, a pretty decent one. The question is, if you could be a Disney character, what character would you be and why? So we will answer that in our bonus question for this episode. Again, if you want to support us, get access to that, answer that, all of that good stuff. 
hubcrawl.com slash support. All right. Well, thanks for that. Um, time to get back to our questions. Teg, what did you bring us this time? Oh, Lord. I'm just warning you that at the end of this question, there's probably going to be a soapbox. So just be prepared. Do you think that Disney should take itself private and get off of the stock market, Rob? What do you think? I said, and I can't wait for, for the soapbox at the end to see why my answer is wrong. But I said no, because I like being an owner of the company. I like knowing that I'm part owner and I can make decisions as to what happens because I have 39.887 shares of Disney stock. So I have a lot to say and people have to listen to me, darn it. So, yeah, and one more dividend check again, and maybe I'll get all the way up to 40 shares. It'll be really impressive if I can get there. But, yeah, no, I feel they need the way that they're hemorrhaging money. They need the stock market money to keep them wherever they are right now. And if they buy it all out and give all of us shareholders our money back, I can just see them whining and complaining more about not having any money they can't build another park and they can't do this and they can't do that and they're just going to have to jack up the prices to the parks even more and all the classic disney taglines that they like to say because they will have even less money now to do what they want to do long story short no i like being an owner eric what do you think I kind of like that perspective, Rob, of I like being an owner because that's that's why I started buying Disney stock. I didn't have a lot of cash the first time I bought shares. I'm like, I just want to have a couple shares. Yeah. And then I bought a few more shares here and there. And now I've, I don't have as much as you, but I think I've got like 20. <laughs> the, but still, the, you're, still, you're still part owner now. Right. Yeah. And that's that's kind of interesting. And sure, I bought some really high, but that was just because I was following my rule of, hey, I've got a little extra. Let's invest. Maybe I should have thought about what I was investing in. <laughs> Shares were two hundred dollars, but yeah, whatever. I'm I'm not too I'm not too sore about it. I'm gonna hold on to this stuff anyway. I'm not I'm not doing this to make money. I'm doing this to be part of a company that I love. The thing that gets me with this question: What? Who would buy it? Like, are we gonna sell it to to a billionaire like? Like Peltz, who doesn't know how to run a company, or owned by a person. The company can just be the company, and they have a CEO and all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, and you've got you've got employee-owned companies. Elon Musk. (laughs) Let's leave him out of this conversation. Yeah. Let's let's go back to the employee-owned company idea. That I mean, that works well. Although a lot of successful employee-owned companies eventually end up selling to either another company or going back on the stock market to. To get their money back rather than just having the pride of owning. The other rumor was, you know, Apple has a trillion dollars in the bank that they don't know what to do with. So they were going to buy Disney. That was a, a rumor a while back, wasn't it, that they were going to merge? Or constantly. Yes. Yeah. Constantly a so rumor. There you go. So everybody can have Apple watches when they go to the park. Sorry. Go ahead, Eric. I apologize. But then we'd have to buy Apple stock. <laughs> we'd, yeah. And we would get to buy more Apple products. We would. Yeah. In the, yes, I'm. I'm going to leave this alone. I'm going to move on. Come on, to Dan, who loves capitalist. I capitalism. do. I love capitalism very much. I just can't imagine that anything would work better than a situation where you are constantly beholden to a bunch of shareholders who really are just interested in making a return on their investment, and you are legally obligated to make sure that they continually make a return in perpetuity. And I feel like that is a situation that 
does nothing but add to the creative moves that you can make and all of the risks that you can take. Because you know what they say, you can't be a business owner and you can't make money in a capitalist utopia that we live in if you don't take risks, right? And that is why we shouldn't pay the workers as much as they're asking for because they're not the ones taking the risks. Teg, you look very irritated with my answer and I don't blame you. I am entirely joking. <laughs> no, I you're, you're 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 building the soapbox for me and I'm just going to step up onto it. Yes, please do. Please do. So, my the reason I asked this is because I'm very irritated it's been building for like a year and a half. I've been very irritated with the idea of the stock market and what it has turned into. Cuz okay, fine. In the beginning, right? People are like, "Well, the stock market's great because like you have all said, you could own part of the company. There's something cool about owning a company that you love or enjoy, and you get that thing in the mail or an email saying you get to vote uh, for the board members, and you can yay or nay whatever crap they have on there and all of this, and you know you matter, and you own a part of it and whatever. But the reality is, I would guarantee nobody listening to this podcast, even if they own a bunch of shares of Disney have any actual say in what Disney's doing. It's the people who own over a million shares of Disney stock that have the control. And what bothers me, and I feel this way about Disney, I'm a big Apple fan, I feel this way about Apple too, to be honest with you, is the people that are investing that control a lot of shares in these companies don't care about the company. All they care about is making money. They don't care if Disneyland is taken care of and fans love it and all that, they care that this quarter you've made more profit than last quarter and then the quarter before that and the quarter before that. And they, I don't, I really don't understand how these supposedly smart people that have all this money cannot realize how much of a fool's errand that is. Nothing can make money or do or, or could get better or whatever forever. At some point, Netflix, let's say, Netflix has basically hit the wall where nobody else is going to buy Netflix accounts. Like everybody who has an account with Netflix has an account with Netflix. Like you, you've hit, there's only so many people that are going to have it. So how can they make more money every quarter so the stock market is happy with them? Well, they either have to raise the price of their product, which everybody hates, or keep the price of the product and add advertising, which is like they're double dipping. Personally, if I'm paying for a streaming service and you put ads in it, I feel like that's screwed because I'm paying for the service. If you're going to give me the service, have ads. That's why broadcast television has ads, because they literally broadcast it over the waves. If you have antenna, you can get any of the broadcast stations. It is free. But they have commercials because they have to make money somehow. Well, Disney prints money at their theme parks. When they pick good movies to make, they print money at the movie th movie theaters and TV, you know, on TV and all of this stuff. And the things that they lose money on is like dumb things like ESPN. They just cut ESPN loose. I don't care. I'm not a sports person. Just get rid of it. Get rid of the ABC television network because broadcast TV is going away. Get rid of all of these things and focus on your movies and your creative content and your theme parks. Those are the things that make the company money. But they can't do any of that because of the stock market. And 
I watched a Provost Park Pass video this week, and I I don't I haven't watched a lot of his videos, but I've watched like three recently, and they're really great because he's he's just sitting in his office, I guess, and he has like this little whiteboard, and and one of the topics he talked about was why Disney isn't listening to guests anymore, and it was all about the stock market and how that Disney once like people don't maybe some people on this podcast disagree with my comments here, but. They did a poll of his listeners, and this is what they said. They don't like Genie Plus. They don't like reservations. They don't like these are things they want to get rid of. But Disney can't get rid of these things, especially like Genie Plus, because that will be a revenue loss because they're making money there now. So they can't go back on that because then they're literally cutting off a revenue stream and the stock market will freak out on them. And the stock market's freaking out on them anyway because, like, their movies aren't making money and all of this other crap, and they're upset with what they're doing in Florida. You know, just all these people, a hundred million reasons. But it's just crazy to me because they, if if a company listens to their customers, they will make more money. But they're listening to the stockholders, and so every company that I've ever liked that has been public at some point starts making a shittier product because of the stock market and it pisses me off and I'm tired of these rich billionaires fucking up all the shit I like. I'm sorry. Well, this is the only podcast I can like cuss on because we've like done that before. <laughs> I'm missing out. But, it's, but it really pisses me off because I like Apple, but I think Apple's going to start doing some dumb shit because of the, because of their investors and Tim Cook and all, you know, they're doing all this AI because like, oh, you're buying on AI and their stock's taking a hit. And Disney, it, you know, it's all this crap. I don't know. It just... It's not all about money. Some companies should just focus on making their product the best it can be, and they'll make money. That's why people buy Apple products. That's why people went to Disney. Because Walt, when he was there, was like, we're going to spare no expense. We're going to be the John Hammond from Jurassic Park and like put all this money into it. And you know what? He made a lot of money. And the company was very successful. And that's why it's still here 100 years later. But what happens is those original owners leave, and then you get CEOs that all they care about is not getting fired because they're not making shareholder stuff. So Apple, Disney should buy all of their stock back from the people, go private, and then just do what they're good at and stop listening to these money-hungry people that don't give a rat's ass about the companies. And I'm so pissed off about it because I think Disney is screwing themselves and screwing us as guests and fans because they have no other choice. That's crap. I I completely agree with what you're saying, but I, and I have a genuine non-sarcastic question that isn't leading to a dumb dick joke or anything. Okay. <laughs> Do you think just philosophically, I know we can't we can't get there now because of what it is, but if let's say do you think it would work if owning stock was more like being part of a fan club? Like it was not about making a profit at all. It was just like, hey, I like what you're doing. Here's my money just so I can say I'm a part of it, but still do whatever you're going to do. I mean, I think that would be totally fine, but that's not what it is. No, not at all. Yeah, I, I get that. And I think what happened was in the in the olden days when there wasn't so much communication and stuff, I think that people did buy into companies because it was things that, uh, you know, they wanted to help a business succeed. They wanted, you know, mm-hmm. we love Disney. We want to give them some extra capital to make that new attraction we like or whatever. Like, that's why you kind of invest. And if you make some money back later, like, cool. They built a cool thing that I helped them pay for, and they've made some profits. And so I get a little bit of that back. Cool. Like, that's the contract. But you get these people 
who don't care about that. All they care about is the mighty dollar, and the only reason that they buy stock in these companies is to make money. They don't care about the company, they don't care about the product, they don't care about the customers. They look at it as an easy payday. Yeah. And their and displeasure too many makes... Of those people. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Sorry, Eric. There, I did it. <laughs> Dan's like, hey, I can swear on this one, too. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Eric? Sorry. Oh, uh, well, I guess I was just going to toss out there. Yeah, the displeasure of the hedge fund managers, of the the ultra-rich that just own something because it's profitable. When they're displeased, they guide, they guide everything. It's just like you're saying. To have the power to say, okay... We know we know an awful lot of people own small chunks in this company. We own the biggest chunk, and we should be in charge. Yeah, and that's how it works. Just buy it. Voting, right? It's just well, they either buy it or they they say I have a million shares, and I don't care that Rob and Eric and Tag and Dan, if you have any Disney shares, like like we don't care about them because collectively they own what maybe a hundred shares, maybe two hundred shares. Like, who cares? I own a million shares, so I outvote you. Yeah. Do you think Disney, when I remember as a kid in the 70s and early 80s, going to Disney World and just being impressed with everything and then going back again as an adult and then seeing the advancements that they had, the projection screening was, was, I feel they're like one of their big improvements. Like, you know, the fireworks at nighttime when, when everything is projected on the castle. The first time I saw it, I was like, whoa, this is so cool. But then, you know, in my case, once a year, four years in a row, okay, whatever. For you guys, you see it, you know, once a month, you're like, yeah, uh, I don't even need to stay and watch it anymore type of thing. Oh, I do, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, like, just, I just piss on You're describing me. Because I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, get out of here. It's my place. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I know this place. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they had... That was that. I feel like that was like a big enhancement to the park. Was was yeah. the, all the screens and everything, and even with the rides, like the screens got better. Where when you're going through the ride now, instead of just a, an image being there, it's moving with you, and you're like, oh my gosh. And then I guess the next big advancement is the trackless rides, which I really wanted more. I wanted more, like almost like AI movement, where you never knew where your car was going to go. Indiana Jones, but trackless, like where it's randomized. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, where it's completely randomized, and you you don't know, you know <laughs> like, like actually random. Not I see where the other cars have gone right in previous <laughs> yeah, Exactly, <laughs> all the tire marks. You can see the tire marks on the shiny ground. Uh, okay, my car is going to go down this path, and that car is going to yeah. go down. Like I want to like truly random. Like oh no, are we going to crash into this car because we're it's so random type of thing. So I feel like that was their next improvement. Do you think they're afraid to have, as Dan, as Eric was saying earlier about Imagineering, I really want to see more in Imagineering. Do you, do you think that they're cutting back on their Imagineering budget because they know it could be like wasted money because they could have 50 ideas that don't go anywhere and only one that does, but then the stockholders are like, you spent $14 million on this product that this a real life sa- lightsaber that lifts up, but if anybody touches it, it just breaks and bends over. Do you think that's also like holding us back because because th- they're so afraid of upsetting the stockholders by spending money? F- I don't want to say frivolously, but on on all kinds of ideas that will never amount to anything. 
I think what happens is is what happened with Imagineering, in my opinion, is they announced this move and they lost a lot of good people that didn't want to move. Like it's always been in Glendale. Like I'm not going to uphold root my whole family to move to Glendale or to move to Florida. And so I feel like stuff with Imagineering is kind of like you know again I'm going to draw a correlation with like Apple. Apple spends billions of dollars on research and development every year, and the stock like people in the stock market they they don't care about that. What they care about is when because they launch a, a new company. thing, you know, so yeah. they they open a new Euro Disney long time ago. They open Euro Disneyland and people didn't go. And so everybody freaked out because they're like, well, Disney's lost its touch. And it's like, well, no, they didn't. There was a lot of complicated moving parts there of why that park wasn't successful at that time. And then you compounded it by then freaking out and not spending money on your next couple parks you built. And so... And then you had to dig yourself out of it later by spending a billion dollars at California Adventure to redo some things and whatever. So I think that I think that the shareholders don't pay that close attention. They they pay attention to like the big headlines and the big things. So if they build an attraction and, or a land and it's not as successful as they thought it would be, then they get mad that they spent so much money on it. The Galactic Star Cruiser, I think, is going to be a huge deal for them because they spent all this money to build it. It was touted. They heavily advertised it, and then they've closed it. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that now, because they could do something with it. It's already built, but mm-hmm. because of their taxes and and financial stuff, they had to close it. And then they're like, "Well, we can't use it because then we can't use it as a tax write off." So I don't know. I think they could have just turned that. I know this is kind of tangentially related, but they could have used that as just a regular Star Wars hotel. They could have removed all the actors and stuff and just made it a hotel. Eric here would have, Eric and probably Rob, you too, would have yeah. probably paid mm-hmm. premium prices to go stay in a Star Wars room. It didn't need the whole two-day, yeah. fully immersive, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. who knows what they're going to do with it now. But I don't think that they pay attention to the R&D stuff. I think they pay attention to the big things. They pay attention to the fact that that their cable network is losing money, so they don't know what to do with that. Their streaming network is still losing money. Not that I think that it has to, but I just think that, like, I don't know. Again, the stock market changed the rules. Because right. the stock market told all streamers, we don't care if you make money. You just have to have more subscribers this month, and we'll be happy with you. And then the one-time Netflix didn't have more subscribers overnight the stock market was like you need to make money so every streamer went i've literally been setting piles of money on fire over here and now you're telling me that i need to have saved that and we don't care about the hundreds of people that are watching that piece of pile of money burn (laughs) oh crap so again they told them to go in a direction the stock market even did in this case and then changed the rules overnight on them and what are they supposed to do like it's just bull it's bull well, and going back to the Imagineering thing, I, I think the the mission statement of Imagineering kind of has to be antithetical to the mission statement of the stock market. Because th- their whole purpose is to be like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> it costs a whole lot of money, but that didn't work. But it gave us some ideas. <laughs> and and then we're going we're gonna to use those ideas to do something else. Y- you mentioned something I don't know if it was a direct mention, but it got me thinking about how the instant availability and of information, which I have no problem with, is probably not helping this problem with the stock market because you have all these like Reddit people and Twitter where it's just like, you know, 
something broke at a park. Oh no, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> yeah. This and, patent and, looks stupid. Sell. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it couldn't it could not even be factual. It just some some what? lie of some sort could Twitter. Oh, shock, what? It could just gain momentum. <laughs> and then, you know, the stockholders are like, oh my gosh, you know. Did you uh, see the naked man in Small World? Sell. <laughs> sell Hi. <laughs> He's not family friendly anymore. They got naked people running around. Yeah. I'm in. I but, hope that guy but I don't think anybody who, cop who anybody who has who has any sense about them and their head isn't up their butt can look at the Disney parks and realize, yep, they're printing money. Every if you just walk into Disneyland and look around, I would say 85 to 90 percent of the people you see are wearing disney clothing Mm -hmm. disney ears disney hats they're walking around with disney snacks churros popcorn they have bags of merchandise they obviously paid there to be there for the day all this crap like they're printing money you can't tell me that the sweatshirt that that lady's wearing cost disney 40 dollars to manufacture and they're selling Mm -hmm. for 49 no it costs them the three dollars it costs everybody else to make it and they're making all that profit so even if they even if they got like the, the Mickey shirt from the outlet, the factory outlet where he has like two tails. They're Disney's still making money off of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and like uh, where I live, I live real close to a Six Flags in here. Mm-hmm. In okay, Earth. stop showing off, Rob. <laughs> yeah, believe me, it's the exact <laughs> opposite of showing off. But like my son and I would walk around there, and and we would constantly be like, "This isn't. This would not be up to Disney par." Like. The railings, the paint's chipping off. You can see four different colors of paint. You know, like there's walking down the one walkway, there's weeds everywhere, you know. And and it just has that persona to it, the, the Disney parks do, where you're just like, I know I'm going to spend five, six times as much money as I would to go to Great Adventure to go to Disney, to go to a Disney park. But I'm okay with that because I'm going to a Disney park. And while I'm there, like you said, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to buy that. And I'm going to buy these things before it so that while I'm there, I have all of these Disney shirts. And every day I had a different Star Wars shirt to make sure that I was wearing the right Star Wars shirt for the right park that I was in. You know, and so they're they're totally making money hand over fist, which is what I don't understand. And, and it also on Eric and Dan's show, they always talk about how somebody, I won't mention anybody's name because some people get very upset, got a $400 million bonus this month for you know being the CEO of this amazing company, but yet the stock market is down and the stock people are very upset, but yet he's he's doing fine. You know, and it and it just makes me laugh, I guess, because we're spending all this money. He's making so much money off of it, but yet he should be the one that should be trying to really push to make it better. But I feel like once you get to CEO level, you're just worried about making sure that you get the your contract written in a way that you're going to get a bonus every time, no matter what happens. Well, even Chapek when he left, they gave him a, a sweet like parting yeah, deal. You know, he fulfilled his contract. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> his ransom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that could lead us down a whole other rabbit hole because I'm pretty sure I have a sneaking suspicion, and this may not be true, but I feel like the way things went down, I think Iger sat down with Chapek and said, here's the deal. You're going to be the CEO because I'm going to retire, and things are not good. Things are going to be terrible under you, but you're going to make a decent amount of money, and in the end, you're going to get paid out well, and people are going to hate you, but, you know, money. 
But money. And uh, you just got to do it. And I think he was like, whatever, I could be a villain for millions of dollars. Why not? I and 100% so I think they went through agree. It and, hmm? <laughs> I said I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. So, like, there was never a time after Chapek left Disney that he was on any news thing saying, like, how Disney screwed him and how Iger's evil. Like, he just went away. Yeah. Like, if you're, if that was a legit thing that you were upset about, that like, like came out of nowhere and you were blindsided, that the person who you took over their job came back, fired you, and then took your, took his job back, like, I'd be on the news program. I'd be on social media. I'd be on the news. I'd be like, what is this crap? But he didn't do any of that. He's just like, whatever. Took the money and left. Yeah, he just started streaming on Twitch. <laughs> I haven't heard saying, that show in a I, while. I feel like I feel like that's that's the thing. I feel you know there's a lot going on. Yeah, I I honestly don't think Iger thought he would come back, but I also think that he didn't realize that Disney that Chapek was going to screw Disney up as much. Like some of the stuff that happened with Disney was not foreseen. It wasn't just COVID and market forces. It was oh he made a really big mistake in Florida. Oh he's doing some crazy stuff. Oh crap. I, I feel like I feel like on top of what you said, which again I completely agree with. I think he probably thought that Chapek would just instantly be like, "I'm clearly not the right person for this. I'm constantly uncomfortable, and everybody sees it. And I need to find someone who can take my place like now immediately, and was probably able on some level to find that person and." I don't think it, I don't think I don't think Iger expected him to like it and think that he was good at it. But <laughs> Dunning Kruger, man, it's it's what, what it's it's a wild thing. <laughs> okay, I love this conversation, and I think we probably could have a whole episode where we just talk about our Disney thoughts. Maybe we should have like a special episode, Eric, where we don't have the four questions. We just go up with a real spicy topic and just get some people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. Be, I think it could be cool. All right, but. We do have to get on with our questions here. So let's move on to our last question from Rob, who has so patiently waited. That's fine. No, I'm I'm enjoying these conversations as well. So it's wonderful. Uh, this was actually the second question that I thought of. Uh, the first one was a little too convoluted and, and confusing. So I came up with this question instead. Of all of the windows on Main Street, if they were real places, which job would you want to work? So... I enjoyed and, and I didn't really know about the windows until listening to your Disney podcast and then finding out that all those windows were, you know, people who have done remarkable things for Disney and all that stuff. And I thought they were really cool. And the last time that I was at Disney World over the summer, I was actually falling behind my family because I was taking pictures of every <laughs> window that I could see because I thought it was a lot of fun. So that made me think of Rob. You don't have to do that. Someone else has all the all the pictures already. already. You can just enjoy your vacation. Yeah, but that's on my phone now. (laughs) Oh, okay, I understand. So much different when it's on my phone. (laughs) Oh, it's taken as I'm walking, so it's perfectly centered and lined (laughs) up. Yes, hundred (laughs) percent. Plenty of those two. Well, yeah, (laughs) Eric, you're first. What do you think? If you, which one would you want to actually work at? I'm glad another podcast ruined another family's vacation to a Disney park. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite window is at Disneyland. It's the Yes Men Engineering Associates. No challenge too big for our Yes Men. We know, no, no. (laughs) Don Edgren, Chief Engineer. 
I love it because it, Don seems like such a cool guy. He was an engineer who started out building Disneyland. He was a bomber pilot in World War II. He was an, he, he was a trained engineer, unlike so many of the other people working on the park, which is why he was instrumental in, in the design of the Matterhorn. He figured out how to get the the pirates' boats under the berm. So he basically any time most of these these major Disney legends have a story of when they went to him and said, we don't know how to do this. And he'd go, all right, <laughs> and figure it out. You figure it out. OK. Yeah. And yeah, so he was a really cool guy. And if if that was a real place, I think I'd like to work for that place in some capacity. I guess that means I want to be an Imagineer, but <laughs> I realize that's my answer. Dan, how about you? Mine is more about the person than about the business. I would love to work for Elias Disney for like a month. No, a week, probably a week. Mainly because I just, I, he sounds like a genuinely awful, miserable, unpleasant person. <laughs> and it's been a while since I've had a really bad boss. And I think I'm, I think I'm ready for another one. And it just got me, it got, this question just got me thinking about, some of the most horrible bosses that I've ever had. And it made me so, so happy that I no longer <laughs> have these people as a part of my life. But I also, I also just went down this rabbit hole of imagining Elias Disney, like the guy from back then existing in a, in a, in a boss, a corporate boss role, like now with HR and everything. <laughs> like, well, it, Doris won't let me say what I actually want to say. and just it just it i have no other i have no there's no substance or anything useful to my answer other than i was just genuinely tickled by imagining these things and revisiting i got to think about my old boss jim kelber who had me track every everything every moment of my day and couldn't figure out that when we were making, I was a caramel maker at Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory, a very, very good one, by the way. And he, for months, he couldn't get it through his thick skull that the reason it took me longer to make a triple batch of caramel than it may took me to make a double batch was because there's more to heat. and he was awful about it forever and i remember it it, at some point his wife was just like no it takes longer to heat more things (laughs) uh anyway thank you for giving me that and listener thank you for indulging me take what i'm i'm guessing your answer is going to be more uh, intelligent than mine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I pulled up uh, Wikipedia has a lovely list of Disney Main Street window honors and it is quite a long list. I did not actually, it, it made me think looking at it, are there that many windows left to be able to put anybody on? Yeah. And then I kind of had an existential crisis and was like, okay, just pick somebody, take. So I was looking <laughs> through the list and I was trying to find one that would be fun. And could do a lot of different things, and I came across Jack Lindquist and his and his window on Main Street says J.B. Lindquist, honorary mayor of Disneyland, quote Jack of all trades, master of fun, and I'm like, that's the job right there. 
can do everything and is fun. His window is above City Hall in Disneyland, and there is a, another one honoring him at Magic Kingdom above the Emporium, but that one's different. That one's listed as the Peterson Travel Agency, reservations by cable anywhere in the world, passages boarded by sea and rail, exclusive representatives for the Titanic, Jack Lindquist Pursuer. Or Purser, Purser, not Pursuer, Purser. <laughs> and then different I also had to look yours up because you said Elias Disney, his official window says Elias Disney contractor established 1895, and his window at Disneyland is above the Emporium, and at the Magic Kingdom, it's on Center Street above the Uptown Jewelers, if anybody is interested in finding that window. Mm. And then where was your Yes Man? I actually saw that one, too. Oh, it's above the Silhouette Shop. Yes, so let's studio in Disneyland. Perfect. All right, Rob, what about you? (laughs) So, like I said earlier, I was, uh, you know, walking through the park and taking pictures of of all of them. And on Eric's last show, he was talking about some guy named Dick Nunez. And I was like, that name sounds so familiar. And then he was, he did a whole report on it. It was very good. I I gave him an A plus on his, on his Dick Nunez report. (laughs) And I took two pictures of, uh, windows that were both by him, and I thought they were very funny. The first one was the original Dick Nunez gym, and then it says underneath it, Night Manager Ron Miller, 24-hour service. And then the other one, which is the one I was going to say that I, I would love to work at, but then I was like, okay, I don't think I would actually would want to work at this one, but it's very funny. Turkish Baths, Supervisor <laughs> Dick Nunez. I was like, oh, my goodness, that would be funny to say, but no. So then I, I too, also went to Wikipedia's page because I was like, okay, I only took a picture of like eight windows, and I know there's a lot more. And I found one, same thing, a tag, I was doing the same thing. I was looking for something that would be fun and whimsical, and I know how much you are not a fan and how much I am a fan. So that's why when I saw this one, I said, I have to do this. I picked Main Street Electrical Parade World Headquarters, Robert F. Janney, Master Showman, And I just remember as a child, the first time I saw the Main Street Electrical Parade going down Main Street in Walt Disney World, how cool I thought it was and how exciting it was. And seeing the dragon from Peach Dragon at the, I think that's at the end, going by, he was awesome. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid was Peach Dragon because I thought it was so cool that he had this imaginary dragon that was real and a cartoon and with real people. And to me, that was like the epitome of Disney movies because as a kid, I was just unbelievably amazed and stunned by how how cool they were able to make the cartoons and the real people interact together and all that good stuff. So when I saw that one, I was like, I have to pick this one because this was one of my favorite memories as a child was seeing the Main Street Electrical Parade. And then it also made me laugh because I know how much you don't like it. I want to clear the air here. It's not that I don't like the Electrical Parade, because I love the Electrical Parade. I just okay. think when they said in 1997 that it was glowing away forever, that it should have glowed away forever, and that brought they've brought that poor Electrical Parade out so many times, it just needs to retire. It's not that I don't love it, because I do. Okay. I just think... They should move on from it. Give it a graceful retirement and let it rest in its golden years in peace and stop trudging it out until it falls apart. 
I actually, you said the Dick Nunes one. I almost picked that. That was my runner up. The okay. Disneyland window for him said coast to coast people moving, world leader in leisure management, Dick Nunes <laughs> proprietor. And I love the people mover. And I know that's not necessarily talking about the people mover, but it made me think of that. So, and Dick Nunes was awesome. I'm sure that Eric could ramble on oh, for yeah. quite a while about Dick Nunes. Yes. Uh, if we I, and to. I did. <laughs> and I, I completely agree with your take on on the electrical parade. I think Thank if you. they never said it was going away, not an issue. But they keep saying it's going away. They keep saying that this is the last time. And it's gotten so ridiculous that I, I really believe that at this point, they have to give us proof. So, like, next time <laughs> it's the it. last time. <laughs> the Viking funeral. They, like, shoot it with. They shoot each <laughs> as each float. They take each float down to, like whatever the water is in Disney world. I try to ignore that resort. So I don't remember what it's called. Seven seas lagoon. Yeah. yeah. Out, it comes out of main street, out the entrance and each one goes into the lagoon and right before they shoot it with a flaming arrow. And <laughs> it's like, it's actually done. <laughs> they almost, you know, you would have thought that that that's literally selling all of the light bulbs in the nineties yeah. would have been like, yeah, it's done. Right, it, 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 we need evidence now. And they, like, they like, bring it back <laughs> with LEDs instead. They say, "Oh, that's cool. We have these LED lights instead." And would you consider the Main Street Electrical Parade to be the uh, Rolling Stones then of Disney World or of Disney Parks? Because the Rolling Stones have had twenty-seven final tours throughout their their yes. career. Yeah, and I, I, would, I don't know that much about the Rolling Stones, but I will say from your description, yes, that's how I would consider it. And we know it's going to come back again because they literally just rebuilt the last float. And you know they're not going to spend that amount of money without having that parade come back at least 1, 2, 10, 15, 20 more times. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Dance can Dad parade. looks like I broke his brain, like he's rebooting. <laughs> no, the, like... the, the Rolling Stone question is, is ruining me because I, I, I legitimately think the Rolling Stones, every time it's they're like, okay, Keith's going to die, like, soon so right. let's just give him this i think it's more like shares perpetual retirement where it's just like come on come on come on <laughs> just go away now like we didn't i never we never had that just please go away feeling until it was like the 15th time it's just like would you please just stop <laughs> people love it though and they do and I, it, it i love it as well i just it Stop bringing it back. Either bring it back and just let it be back uh-huh. or be done with it. Right. But I don't still think they should bring Paint the Night back, but. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I would like to yeah, see that more than that here. On I've only seen it the one time, so I would oh. look forward to seeing it a second time. Yeah, it, it looks is really the spiritual good. successor to the Electrical Parade. And that's what they should do, but they, uh, I don't know, there's reasons. That does it for this episode of The Hub Crawl. We would like to thank our guests. Where can people find you, and where can people question your opinions? Rob, (laughs) what would you like to plug? (laughs) You can find me on Bantamilk Podcast on the Ears Up Network, and that's it. That's fine. Go there. I'm not going to spend 20 minutes telling you all about me because that's all you care about. So go listen to me talk about (laughs) all things Star Wars, which is also related to Disney because Disney bought them. So check me out talking about Star Wars. Well, on our next episode, we which will probably be after this because it's coming out physically tomorrow, which is whatever. But anyway, we had Ryan Airy from Screen Crush on, on our version of the Hub Crawl. I actually asked Eric if I could do 
a copycat of this show because I loved oh. it so much. And he said yes. So we have Ryan Ariel on with uh, four questions. I said nice. yes because I know that Tag stole the idea from another show. So, you know. I did. <laughs> I did. I did. But it wasn't Disney and they were limited to 30 minutes. But everybody kept telling us, just keep talking. And now as I look at our recording, we are sitting at uh, an hour and seven minutes. And we haven't even got to the bonus question. So That's not know. too bad. Well, we talked about that. I do have to ask Rob. Because it's not too bad. <laughs> it's a fun thing that I like to say is are you one of the people that or do you agree with, I guess is maybe the better question, that nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. A hundred percent. Yeah. We had Mark Anthony Austin on, who was he was an ILM designer, animator. He was an animator, yeah. animator. He did almost all the animations for the the movie Casper when the movie Casper came out. When they re-released Star Wars, he was one that got to add in all the animals into the little cutscenes that weren't there before. That was his job. But also while he was there, he fit into the Boba Fett costume. And when they added the one scene that was taken out where Han Solo is talking to Jabba the Hutt and it was actually just a big fat guy standing there that they were going to then replace. In that scene... Boba Fett was not there originally. He fit into the costume. He walked by. He was Boba Fett in it. So his claim to fame is Boba Fett, A New Hope, uh, or you know, digital release. Um, but I forget what all the special and, special edition, right? Special edition, yeah. Of what all the whatever. But um, <laughs> it, it's a whole bunch of letters that that he has next to. It. But you can find him if you you can Google him or look him up or whatever. But yeah, when when he was on, he he said something that uh, I agree with, which is. All us grumpy old Star Wars fans, we had in our minds what Star Wars was supposed to be. And when it wasn't that, then we're mad at them and they're wrong for having different ideas than what we have as our ideas, which is why every Star Wars fan thinks that there's something is wrong with Star Wars and hmm. and that aspect. The so script. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, Dad, that's what's wrong with Star Wars. It's the script. <laughs> Dad, where can people find you and uh, give provide feedback on your stuff? You can. Well, I mean, feedback. I don't know that I would really pay attention to it, but you could you could email. Oh, I don't know. You could email David Bowie at teenagewildlife.net. That's our uh, web page for Bowie's planning. The air can I do? We do a very formative, very concise <laughs> hour show. <laughs> yeah, occasionally four hour long show. Exploring David Bowie. I'm just realizing this is an opportunity for an actual plug. So this is what, what we do at the show. Eric and I were talking because that's what friends do. And Eric was mentioning that he's never really listened to David Bowie, like like giving it a deep listen. And I was like, wow, that's the only way to really appreciate David Bowie. And I've listened to it backwards and forwards countless times. I may or may not have posed as him on different <laughs> message boards. Mere, mere rumors. Mere rumors that were picked up by Vice and other journalist places. But yeah, so we just decided, hey, we like to talk about things. And we are white males over 30, so we're not allowed to have any sort of like relationship or con or conversation unless it's a podcast or a project so we thought why not do this and it's we enjoy it we hope other people enjoy it and that is the plug that i did not intend to give i was hoping to do something snarky but hey that's the real thing oh i appreciate it (laughs) 
Join us next time where we continue to talk all things Disney. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 